Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Now We're Talking. I'm Rob Danish uh, from the University of Waterloo, and this is a podcast about communication skills. So today on episode 79, we're going to talk about something that I spent my week dealing with, um, and it's called, well, there's a, it's called switch tracking by some people, but uh, it actually has broader kind of, uh, it's a broader meaning too than just the word switch tracking, but um Anyway, there's a book by a woman named Sheila Heen called Thanks for the Feedback, The Science and Art of Receiving Feedback Well. And it's a wonderful book. Um, and in that book, uh, she, uh, Heen kind of coins the term switch tracking as a communication practice and as a source of conflict or as a kind of problem in communication. And um, she sees it happening in feedback situations, but it ha- actually happens all the time in all sorts of other uh, and all sorts of other places. And it's a convenient kind of metaphor for um, for a communication conflict that arises in communication. So obviously, there's if you're riding on a train, the train has some tracks, and there's a kind of switch, and a train can switch from one track to the other track if it wants, depending on where the switch is. So you can go left or you can go right, um, and then there are two tracks from there. So switch tracking is a kind of metaphor for what happens in the course of interpersonal conversation, whereby one person takes one track and another person takes another track, and then two people are on two different tracks, and really no communication is happening between them. Uh, so today on on this episode, episode 79, we're going to talk about switch tracking and why it's a source of conflict, um, and it just happens to be hitting close to home this week because I've spent an inordinate amount of time dealing with uh, students who are switch tracking on me intentionally, and they don't even know that they're doing that. Uh, So let's take an example of switch tracking in action, the kind of classic example. um, I don't remember if Heen uses this in her book, but uh, as a kind of classic example that you'll see on sitcoms. um, So if you ever watch a family sort of oriented sitcom, you're gonna see an example of switch tracking in action. So. There's one from a, a show with Louis C.K. from a while back, or um, I can't even remember the name of the show now. Uh, so he brings his partner flowers. Uh, he brings her some red roses, and uh, she says back to him, well, if we're going to be in a long-term relationship, I told you repeatedly that I don't like red roses. They don't do anything for me. And I told you this the last time you gave them to me. And then Louis says, well... I want to talk to you about the way you just responded to me and my gift of flowers. And the wife is like, well, I told you I don't like red roses. And Louis is like, well, I just think you should have thanked me for the roses first and then told me you don't like them. So the couple are communicating with each other, but they're moving in entirely different directions and they don't even see it. And what Louis has done is switch tracked in response to the wife's comment or his partner's comment. So, you know, someone gives you a gift and you're like, well, thanks for the gift, but I told you years ago that I hate this thing that you just gave me. And you respond, well, you know, why aren't you thanking me? This is still a gift and gift is important. You haven't responded to the meaning of the content of what the first person says. You've changed 
the meaning entirely or change the focus of the conversation entirely to something else. So it's incredibly disrespectful in certain, in certain ways. That's why it's the source of, of conflict because you've entirely ignored uh, the original, um, sort of the, the, the significance of the original comment and gone in a completely different direction. So this happens to, this happened to me on uh, a couple of occasions this week, um, or I've, I've witnessed it happen on a couple of occasions this week. March, it's March here. Uh, March is a busy week, a busy month in, in academia. I think everybody in academia gets a little stressed in, in March because you've already been in school since the start of fall. We're kind of winding, we're getting close to the end of the winter, the winter term. Faculty are sort of tired, students are tired, everybody's kind of a, bit, a little bit cranky. And uh, students get a lot of feedback on their work. And when students start getting feedback, and in, in one case, I gave a student some feedback, they got, I think, a zero or close to a zero on assignment. And I was like, well, this is not appropriate for this particular assignment. So I explained what was wrong with the answer that the student had given. And the student writes back, uh, you're politically biased and you don't understand what you're talking about. You're not a very good professor. So they start critiquing uh, my character, essentially which of course has nothing to do with my original critique of the student's answer. The student tried to explicitly switch track on me. Um, and it's a particularly like weird, it's, it's a particularly like troubling switch track because um, in the grading scenario, I'm obviously in the position of evaluation. That's my job as a professor, as a faculty member, and the student is in the position of being evaluated and being marked so that they can pass their academic plan. But the student like reverses the track entirely and suggests the student is in the position of evaluation um, over my behavior as uh, as an instructor, uh, as if I have something to learn, etc. Uh, like you know, and this is the tone of the message that I get. Um, so it's a particularly clever switch track, uh, and of course Donald Trump is a master of switch tracking. In fact, uh, many politicians are. They're asked about X and they just reverse the track or they switch the track entirely. Um, and then the, the question becomes, does the audience start riding along the track that you're on uh, or do they remember the original, the original track that, that started the conversation uh, or do you just continue going along two different separate tracks? So th this happens in, inter uh, what I'm trying to say, switch tracking happens in interpersonal situations and up to political situations. Um, so uh, we have to be wary when someone immediately changes tracks in the conversation for us, and then we have to decide, and it kind of puts the burden unfairly on the person who has received the switch on whether they're gonna say, well, I appreciate the fact, so let's look at the Louis example. So Louis says, like, you should have thanked me for the flowers uh, first. You know, let's not talk about the fact that you don't like red roses. Let's talk about the fact that you didn't thank me. Well, the, the partner in that case can say, I understand your concern with my reaction and my willingness or unwillingness to thank you for these flowers. But the original point I was making was that you don't listen very effectively. I told you years ago I didn't like these flowers. So if we can stay, we can keep the conversation about your ability to listen or to not listen, then we might get someplace communicatively. 
Of course, the person is not going to want to do that. This is critical feedback so that every instinct for them is to switch track. Um, and then watch how someone like Donald Trump does Donald Trump does this. So like the entire uh, Burisma Joe Biden investigation is a giant switch, switch track. So there's no question that Trump is deeply corrupt. Uh, his son's his uh, son-in-law Jared Kushner just made like 25 million dollars or something out of some investment based on policies that so the, the the Trump family is entirely corrupt. So you have an investigation into their corruption and an entire impeachment trial about that corruption. And then Trump just switched track the entire nation and said, oh, no, no, you know, Biden, Hunter Biden is corrupt. The Bidens are corrupt. They are in cahoots with uh, Ukraine uh, and this oil and gas company. And then if the media starts paying attention to the new track, if they start and if Congress begins to investigate whether or not Biden and his son are corrupt or corrupted by their relationship with the Ukrainian government, Trump has successfully switched tracks and switched track for the whole country, their kind of consciousness and their their attention, uh, which is an amazing, amazing sort of feat uh, if you can pull it off, I guess, politically. But the media actually has a responsibility and we as citizens have a responsibility to acknowledge that that this person is trying to switch track us and get back to the original the original plan, the original problem or the original claim or the original thing under investigation. So um, Louis in that interpersonal example puts his partner into a very uncomfortable and difficult position because uh, he's trying to switch tracks on her and then she has an obligation to kind of not let that happen. Um, so the, if the, if the, like Louis's partner then says, I don't think I should have to thank you for something I told you before that I don't like. And then Louis kind of stays on the track and he's like, his track, he says, you could be more polite or at least thank me for the gesture before you tell me you don't like the thing. And now that if you think about the train metaphor, now the tracks are really starting to diverge. They're not even running parallel to one another. Um, and the thing about switch tracking is that we don't even know we're doing it in interpersonal situations. So we will often do it when someone gives us feedback or tells us something that we're uncomfortable with. And then we unconsciously want to change the topic to something else. And often we change the conversation to reflect what we believe the issues in the relationship are that are not being discussed. But that's an interpersonal description of exactly what Donald Trump does in his entire communication strategy is based on, on switch tracking. So every time a reporter or anybody asks him anything that makes him mildly uncomfortable, and he's such a thin-skinned person anyway, he unconsciously changes the topic to something else and tries to change the conversation to reflect what he believes the issues are that are not being discussed. So, you know, it's like in a, and this is what happens, I think, you know, Donald Trump's administration doesn't hold press conferences, uh, but in some press conferences, this is what can happen too. The, the secretary, the press secretary is asked a question and they just switch track to the thing that they want to talk about. Um, the person who started the conversation sometimes doesn't even notice the change in the conversation. And if they do, they can think the other person is making excuses for their behavior, trying to divert the issue by going off on a tangent, but they still are left with the responsibility of moving back to the original track. Um, 
it's not an, but it's not really an excuse for the person changing the conversation. They are really expressing their unstated concern. Like I don't, I actually believe like Trump is so stupid, but I believe he thinks that Biden is corrupt. Uh, so I, I think that there is a kind of in his own internal experience of the world, a kind of legitimation for switch tracking. Um, but it still creates this kind of communicative, it still in, creates conflict. Okay, so that's the point I want to get around to. So what is the effect of switch tracking? Well, the effect of switch tracking is almost always conflict or tension or disagreement um, because the two sides are now not on, they don't have a shared understanding of what's even being discussed. So there's no mutual understanding of the content of the conversation. There's no mutual understanding about what really matters in the course of the communicative, uh, the communicative interaction. So um, that means that each person is there thinking or wondering why they're not the other person is not on their track, and they get increasingly frustrated that the other person is not responsive to the track that they're on. And if you follow the metaphor further, the, the further you go along your own independent tracks and the more frustrated you get if the other person is not on your track, the more the tracks diverge. Um, switch tracking can also happen intra-personally. So it can happen in our heads. And if you know we're thinking about the responses but not saying them out loud. So let's say, for example, your boss is yelling at you in front of your team. And instead of really listening to what the boss is saying, uh, you have a conversation going on in your own head where you're saying, this isn't my fault, and you're even worse at this than I am. I can't believe you're doing this in front of everyone. You're totally unprofessional. Everybody hates you as a boss. So this is your intrapersonal dialogue. But what's happened is that you're on a different track. Like the boss may have maybe making a legitimate point about your performance. When that happens, you're actually protecting your, yourself by not listening to what the person is saying. And we're thinking about the issues that we think need to be addressed, which is the boss's incompetence or how crappy the boss is. Um, but again, the other person is not aware that we're not paying any attention to them and we're not hearing a word they're saying that they're on a different track than us. Um, so what can you do to prevent switch tracking? Um, I think in advance, you have to know if you're articulating a critical point that the possibility the person will switch track is high. If they do switch track, then they're actually giving you some important information about what they see as issues in a relationship. So you could join them on their track and talk about their issues before you move back to your own track. That can feel like you have had your own conversation hijacked and it can be really frustrating. With someone like Trump, it's not gonna work anyway. Um, but the truth is that if they're switch tracking, they're not hearing what you're saying anyway. So it's kind of useless to, to force them to try and listen. So if you move onto their track, that's just one option. You can show them you care and that it's safe to talk about the issue that they want to talk about. And that's in an interpersonal circumstance. Um, so you need to remember that the tendency to switch track uh, is there. And so the, the other choice, obviously, is if you don't want to switch onto their track, you have to get them to switch back onto your track. But you cannot get them to switch back onto your track through higher degrees of hostility or uh, anger or frustration at not being on the same track. So they have to be kind of warmly or um, comfortably welcomed back onto your track. 
that can either be done with tone, with word choice, with all sorts of different things that we've talked about in the course of this podcast. But um, you can't continue along your track by frustratingly articulating what it is you want the other person to hear, knowing that they're not going to hear it. Instead, you need to pause and figure out how to return them to your track, knowing that whatever's happening, they're probably hostile to being on your track because they're experiencing it as a kind of negative critique or a negative imposition on their on their worldview. Um, so really, those are your only two choices. Switch to the other person's track or warmly kind of receive or try and warmly transition the other person back onto your track. Um, if you don't do either of those things, then you're going to end up in an argument, in a conflict, and it's going to kind of going to going to be kind of like a comical conflict where you know there's no listening happening nobody's this is what we call we would call talking past one another no one's really talking clearly um so it's it's um it's a kind of conflict that i would say is totally unproductive so you cannot find a constructive way forward through that kind of conflict because both parties are on such radically different tracks. Um, yeah, so th this is a kind of, it introduces a kind of irresolvable conflict unless one party has switched back onto the track of the other party. Um, so it's a particularly, I would say it's a particularly dangerous kind of conflict. I mean, it depends on about what the switch tracking, what the content of the 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 conflict is if it's over a particularly serious issue then it can be a dangerous kind of conflict but even if it's over a minor issue there's no way to resolve it because there's no way to rejoin the tracks eventually um okay so with my so i saw this also a different faculty member so some students came to me this week to say uh they had problems with their their teachers uh, two of their teachers so uh, I asked, okay, what are the problems? What happened? Can you tell me what was going on? And so the teachers gave the students some feedback and then the students immediately switched tracked and were like, well, you know, the, the content of the feedback is fine. <laughs> like I can, you know, I can handle the content, but there are these other concerns with the tone of the feedback, with the instructor's understanding of the, the student projects or so they, they explicitly switch tracked away from the content, they, the content of the feedback, and they didn't even seem to have very much of a concern about the feedback. So it's almost like the feedback was an excuse for them to start down a track that the other people involved weren't even aware that those students wanted to go down. Um, so I think you see this a lot in academia because, or at least I see it a lot in my courses, because courses are feedback centered and you're giving students feedback and they don't like it, it makes them uncomfortable. So they wanna immediately give you feedback also. Uh, so, so I think this is one of the central examples or central kind of um, ways which you can see switch tracking work in your life. Uh, if you give someone feedback, you can watch how quickly they wanna give you feedback too. And often the things they want to give you feedback on are not related to the content of the meaning of the original feedback you gave them. Um, so in communicative interaction, if you're giving feedback, you should anticipate the fact that the other person wants to give you feedback in return and it won't be related to the original feedback that you gave them. And they won't be able to stay on that original feedback and think about how they might incorporate it into their own communicative practice or their own practice about whatever it is they're doing. 
Um, so this is what's going on in, in my life in multiple occasions. And it's, it's very, very hard. It's very difficult to move the conversation back onto the track that you were on originally or that you wanted to go down originally. Okay, so switch tracking is a source of, of conflict. It happens all the time. It's a kind of commonplace uh, part of interpersonal communication. Uh, I teach it in my basic 100 level interpersonal communication course. Um, but you can see it magnified in political circumstances in public communication situations in all sorts of rhetorical situations where somebody doesn't like the course of the conversation, they'll just switch the content of the conversation entirely. All right, that's it for episode 70. I can't even remember episode um, episode 79 of Now We're Talking. Uh, I'll be back shortly with another new episode. Thanks everyone for listening.